Welcome fellow industry heroes. This is the Late Night with Chefs show, a show bringing you the realest stories and experiences in the industry created by chefs for chefs. Hello, Late Night with Chefs. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode of the Late Night with Chefs show. I am your host, Doug Cox, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Ivy Knight. Ivy Knight comes to us from Toronto. She is a writer, industry advocate, and meme savant. Ivy, without further ado, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. You are very welcome. Thank you for spending some time with us. We don't typically shoot on Sundays. It's, you know, rest and relaxation day, so I thank you for taking a little bit of time to share your story with our followers as well as yours. Of course. So Ivy, tell us, where does your story within the industry start? My story starts when I got a job in BC working at a fish and Chockney Kings. Oh, wow. So in the British of Columbia. Yeah. British. Columbia outside of Vancouver. And what was some of your like roles and responsibility? Well, I was hired as a dishwasher too short to fulfill the dishwasher. I couldn't, I could barely lift the racks as and I couldn't reach a lot of the places where the dishes had to go. So they moved me on working as a fry cook in this case. Mm-hmm literally a fry cook deep fryer the size of a bathtub goodness you're doing some massive amounts of fried chicken tenders and french fries and fish and chips and that it was just fish and chips Mm. yeah so it was just like haddock over and over again until the end of time (laughs) and that was an experience and it was a lot of fun the actual work not super fun but it was in the rush of service mostly the the thing that i loved about it was, was the camaraderie and working with a team and it just like really appealed to me mm. yeah i think that just that alone is so many people's passion in this industry so being able to see that in the beginning is very important so transitioning from that you have a role as a food writer for this industry and, you know, being in such a position where, you know, your voice and your words are heard by so many in this industry, a lot of times the voices of the line cooks and the dishwashers aren't heard. How do you kind of evoke that within your writing to make sure their reality is a part of that? Well, let's put it this way. So I started cooking when I was 19, like I said, and then I moved to Texas and I was a pizziolo in off to Toronto and worked at a number of restaurants here. And while I was working on the line, I wrote my first article for, for the Globe and Mail and mm. called, I think it was just called We Hate Brian, like an insider expose about how my people who work brunch hate it it was like like it was honest it wasn't but it was sort of told in an irreverent way and I don't know I was kind of young and dumb and 
And I didn't think that the place where I'm with article, but we did have a lot of customers calling, canceling their reservations and kind of pissed off that one of the cooks was paper about how much they hated a brunch. But luckily mm. I didn't get fired, <laughs> getting a little bit of trouble. And then I started writing for the Toronto Star, took off from there. Writing, and now I, you know, for a few more years, and I spent a total of 10 years on the line. Now I'm a writer full time and have been for quite a long time, writing for like the New York Times, the New Yorker, etc. So you feel like having that experience kind of gives you that perspective that's needed. I don't know. I think that I was going to be a writer no matter what. I didn't know that I was a food writer, but that's where I began because that's what I knew best. That's what I was reading the most of while I was mm. cooking in the early days. I started writing about food from a cook perspective because that's all I knew there wasn't anyone that I knew of that was about food from that perspective at that time in this city and that's changed over the years happily there are a lot more people who are writing about the but my inspiration when I started was of course Anthony Bourdain mm. and that was I had read something that that talked about what my like and it really struck a chord so I wanted to be able to write about in the same way Hmm. I think his words were very powerful and the way that he was able to kind of put you in the situation a lot of stuff that I've read from him is it, you know, you you feel it to your core, and I think that's really powerful as a writer being able to do that for your readers. Yeah, yeah. So, he was at him that he was an incredible writer, and, and I think over the years because he was, you know, he was mostly known for TV over the last, but his writing was was really incredible, and that's it's such a loss, and and that we'll never read anything from him ever again. Mm. Most definitely. You know, transitioning from writer, I found who you were through your meme page that you created about the food and beverage industry. Where did the inspiration to create this page come about? Dark place. I was leading an open mail at the height of of Me Too Mm. into an Canada's F&B world and, and that world and knew everyone within it. It was really hard to be the investigation into it. I wasn't conducting an investigation into a world that I was, I was living and working within it. Investigation took six months. I couldn't talk to anybody. It was top secret and it was upsetting and depressing and and I didn't know how to uh, release the stress making j- jokes about 
the restaurant industry just on my Instagram stories. And I was a, I was a fan of memes. I befriended a meme creator, the U.S., and he was the one, he was the one who sort of got me using a meme template so that the stuff I was putting out was in the right format. I had I had an, an Instagram named L.A. Celine, and it sort of took off from there. Hmm. And, you know, speaking of the name L.A. Celine, I did a little bit of research. And so L.A.'s means like, come on, like an interjection. So can you tell us a little bit about that meaning behind the Instagram handle? Well, it's simple. I'm a big fan of Celine Dion. I'm a French Canadian. I love her for real, not, not ironically. I love, love how weird and how talented, and I love her rags to riches story and how uneasily French Canadian she is. I, I want to do something with Celine, but I just re recalled the chairman's shout on uh, uh, where he starts off yelling, LA cuisine off, mm. off the top of the show. LA Celine. So that's where it came from. <laughs> I love that. I've started watching the new one on Netflix, though it's not the same. That phrase lives on in the show, which I think is a, a nice little memento. Mm -hmm. One thing that is very apparent about your meme page is that it is very on trend, very current. How do you stay so current on industry news? Oh, I don't mean to be. I don't try to be it's just just immersed in everything to do with restaurants that's for the large part of my journalistic career that's all I wrote about it only has been in the last writing about things other than restaurant culture media feeds are all it's all chefs and restaurants in F&B in North America is there specific websites or scenes or publications that you'd be willing to share that you like to get your dream news from? Oh, I don't think there's any flick. I mean, I, I guess all, all of the usual places, you know, I, I never miss Helen Rosner and the New Yorker. Actually, all of New Yorker I love and I'm all over it. I write for food and wine, so I love of food and wine and i write for the new york times so i and i also read a lot. i mean anything julia moskin does i i want to be first in line i love her work and she's such a hero and she's like changing our fucked up industry for the better i don't know i guess i don't really gravity based content it's mostly like pop culture, food culture, and, you know, what chefs are up to. Well, Ivy, I want to thank you for your time so far. And as soon as we get back from this commercial break, let's dive into your creative process for your memes. 
Hi there, listener. We would like to take a moment to thank all our sponsors and welcome any new sponsors to the opportunity of advertising with us. With products cooking demos, brand recognition shoutouts, and other marketing opportunities, let Late Night with Chefs help grow your like-minded business within our rapidly growing industry community. If you would like to explore sponsorship packages for our next show, please email us at latenightwithchefs at gmail.com. When you are creating a new meme, how do you go through the creative process? What's your creative secret? Well, well, I think the secret is if I'm writing an article, I am very much the work with my brain geared towards it. Whereas if I'm going to make a meme, I can't go in with my brain geared to because it never turns out. It's sort of just I'll see pictures or images Images just get inspired, and I make a meme, and, or, or I throw an idea down. Often, it gets reworked later on. It's really, really it happens a la minute, and a lot of the memes I make that I think and aren't going to fly are often the ones that people go nuts for. So I just have fun with it i don't i try not, not to think about it too much and that I, I overwork or edit too much never works which is why we so much in the early days because i was able to make fun that was that in a lot of ways is a really painful industry to be involved in as a as a woman but i think anybody who works in this business is painful it's painful for white guys too that's why so many of them turn into we kind of have hit on this a little bit about that kind of like safe place and a little bit of respite and being able to like poke fun of things that we kind of just accept as fact in our industry and don't really question what do you hope people get out of your work oh i don't really have any deals it's really just for fun you know, I like being able to things that I hate about this injury. There are a lot of business. And, and instead of screaming about them, I make jokes about them. I, I think people are more receptive when, when you're making a joke than when you're screaming. They tend to turn you off. It's change, but if it gives someone a laugh before they, they have to go in and do service, there you go. That's what it's all about. I know that during my time at Per Se, it was always a great little interjection. Myself and some of the other CDPs, right before one o'clock clock in, we'd always laugh at a, a few of the memes. I think what you're trying to do is working, and I think that it is appreciated by a lot of the industry folk out there. Well, I hear from a lot of, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest response and have gotten over the years that I've been doing this. I make fun of my DMs blow up from people who have worked for him or this is well before the big investigation earlier this year it was always fun to hear from so many people but to hear from so many people talking about how terrible their experiences were there do you have any advice for those who want to transition into this writer role. We talked a little bit earlier about how it seems a lot of 
line cooks and chefs are now speaking their words and they're coming out with these books and these short stories and there's blogs and websites. For those that want to do that, what advice would you give them? Just to start writing. Because you can talk about writing all day long, but you have to, no matter how good you are, you're not going to be great when you begin while to get your voice down on the page. So start writing as soon as possible, even if it's just for yourself, service, and you can't sleep because you're still wound up. Just, just like, oh, I don't know, just start getting words down on paper so that your voice can emerge here from more people from within the industry. Uh, that's going to be a big And it is changing. We've all seen change happening over the last couple of years and more as this generation of chef bros ages out, aids into the distance, and new generation comes up into dominance. So if anybody is working the line and thinking that they weren't writing, it doesn't cost anything. It's the easiest art form in the world. It doesn't cost anything. That's beautiful. Ivy, if our followers and listeners want to check out these memes that you're creating or the work that you're doing, where is a great place to follow you? Just follow Alay Celine. Yeah. She's posting memes about the restaurant world. I would just want to thank all of our Late Night with Chef guests for tuning in and our other listeners. I have the pleasure again of speaking with Chef writer, industry advocate, and meme savant, Ivy Knight out of Toronto. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode. And as Ivy said it, goodbye, chef bros, and start writing. Thank you for listening to another episode of Late Night with Chefs. We would like to thank all our listeners, but an extra thank you to our Patreon subscribers. If you would like to join the Late Night with Chef fam on Patreon for exclusive merch giveaways and behind-the-scenes content, head over to patreon.com backslash late night with chefs. Thank you, industry heroes, for all you do. Keep those knives sharp and heads down. Walking in, two top, first course, Caesar, prawns, followed by second course, holding, filet, mid-rare, halibut.